Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. A shoot shall come up from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Micah chapter 4, verses 8 through 13. And you, O tower of the flock, hill of daughter Zion, to you it shall come. The former dominion shall come, sovereignty of daughter Jerusalem. Now why do you cry aloud? Is there no king in you? Has your counselor perished that pangs of seizes you like a woman in labor? Writhe and groan, O daughter Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you shall go forth from the city and camp in the open country. You shall go to Babylon. There you shall be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you from the hands of your enemies. Now many nations are assembled against you, saying, Let her be profaned, and let her eyes gaze upon Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord. They do not understand his plan, that he has gathered them as sheaves to the threshing floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter Zion, for I will make your horn iron and your hooves bronze. You shall beat in pieces many peoples, and shall devote their gain to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of the whole earth. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 31 through 35. To what then will I compare the people of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Nevertheless, wisdom is vindicated by all our children. Good morning and welcome to the third Wednesday of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Isaiah 11, Micah 4, and Luke 7. And the Isaiah reading, I just realized, is being treated as a psalm. It's being repeated every morning. And 
we have this image of the peaceable kingdom with all these animals, predator and prey alike, lying down together. And I, I couldn't help but notice um, that uh, w- one of the the themes that I I'm interested in is the armor of God. And you can go to pewpewhq.com slash trng. It's the acronym in the military for the for training. Slash trng uh, slash armor, or maybe armor dash of dash God, or armor dash God. But you can look up this um, essay uh, on the armor of God that I wrote. And there are four major pieces or four, four major scriptural passages that they draw from. And I, I found these with the help of uh, this book by Yoder Newfield, Thomas Yoder Newfield, um, on the armor of God. And working backwards, um, it is Ephesians 6, where, you'll, where most people know it from. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, uh, an authentic Pauline letter, and one of the earliest, if not the earliest, letter written. Um, in the New Testament. And then the Wisdom of Solomon, an apocryphal book in chapter 5. And then finally in Isaiah 59, verse 17, I think, if memory serves. And I make this list in this graphic of, of how this plays out and the different traditions that put what on God. And Paul certainly seems to kind of tone down the anger and wrath and zeal of the wisdom and Isaiah passages. But nobody seems to have picked up on Isaiah 11, where it talks about righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. Um, Isaiah 11, obviously, is before 59. But it, uh, it might just be, I mean, there's different passages that talk about what God wears and stuff like that. But right before it, it says that God shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Immediately then it goes into, righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. So I think this is about the armor, the, the military um, apparel of God. But to my knowledge, no no scholarly work that I was looking into um, when I was writing that little essay, nobody talks about Isaiah 11. It seems to have slipped through the cracks. Um, this belt, and I think it's Ephesians that uses the same language of belt around his waist. I think it's the truth in Ephesians, the, the belt of truth um, uh, as the girdle or the belt around his waist. Um, and I don't know what a belt is around one's loins, maybe jockstrap, maybe underwear, I don't know. Um, but this um, imagery, I think, is fits within that uh, that tradition. Um, but it also, but nobody seems to have noticed it. And I think part of that is because we've trained ourselves in the modern era to hate war, which I think is right. But by extension, we we kind of hate on the military, and not necessarily deliberately, but like we look down on the military, or we look up. Um, and we don't want to hear um, how human they are. You know, we either make them gods or villains. Um, and so that affects our interpretation of Scripture. And so fast forward to Luke. We've Luke 7 is 
the the main body of the chapter is the healing of the centurion servant. And in Luke 3, John has baptized soldiers uh, and tax collectors and all the people after calling them a brood of vipers and you know kind of being hard on them. And um, he kind of suggests that the the soldiers are, are sycophants and false flatterers, and he says, you know, don't polish my figs. You should be, you should feel sad. You should be, feel bad that you are exhorting the poor. And so John has this hard line against soldiers, but they've come to repent, so he baptizes them. In Luke 7, um, a soldier comes to Jesus to have his servant healed. And this is the character I call Captain Marvel. It also appears in Matthew 8. You can also find an article on Captain Marvel at the, the training room, pphq.com slash TRNG. Um, and it's immediately after that healing that John sends messengers and says, hey, are you really the one? Um, or should we be waiting for someone else? John is a hardliner compared to Jesus. He sees Jesus doing maybe favors for the military and not, you know, dangling salvation in front of them or calling them vipers or anything. He just does this thing. And then he says, he has, this man has more faith than all of Israel. And he, soldiers are seen as outsiders. They were either um, royal Herodian soldiers, which could be douchebags, or they were Syrian auxilia, uh, neighbors but familiar and not fair-skinned. Um, and uh, the the Luke seven incident occurs in Capernaum, which is the uh, Galilee, which is c- being controlled by Herod Antipas during Jesus's lifetime. And um, when John hears, he sends his messengers, and um, Jesus reassures him by saying, "Look, all these things are happening. Like this is the gospel is happening." Um, but John definitely seems, you know, dejected. And so in this morning's reading, we don't notice um, all that's going on. We don't attribute, or I've never heard anybody attribute, John's disbelief or near disbelief uh, to Jesus' good treatment of soldiers. John, as I said, is a hardliner. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like that people are being treated with human dignity and treated based on their actions rather than their um, their associations and stereotypes. Um, at the very end, in verse 33 from this morning and 34, Jesus has this um, sarcastic remark. Um, and I think it's important to read again. Uh, the Son of Man has come eating and drinking. You say, satirically, sarcastically, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus is sarcastically saying that this soldier, and by extension other soldiers, are all sinners, which is precisely what most modern scholars think of the military. But Jesus' remark is sarcastic. He is making fun of the people who say that because there's three groups that had appeared with John to be baptized in Luke 3, the crowds, tax collectors, and soldiers. And earlier, yesterday, it references the tax collectors because that is not the thing being talked about. The thing being talked about is the soldiers, 
who were baptized, the soldiers who received healing for their servant uh, moments before. And here again in verse 34, he is saying he is making fun by pointing out that they don't understand. They're trying to feel better by accusing Jesus of being a glutton and a drunkard and for having friends like tax collectors and soldiers, i.e. sinners. Jesus knows that there's more behind the tropes, the stereotypes, the caricatures that we hold. John maybe knows, but isn't willing, as willing, to give human dignity um, primacy of place, to front load, to give someone the benefit of the doubt. When you see someone walking down the road, Jesus sees the best in them. John sees what most expected to see. I mean, you can't fault them, right? If soldiers are dangerous, you're afraid of them and you avoid them. Um, that's that's human, worldly nature. It isn't godly nature. Because if God created the world and God created it good, in fact, everyone is good and it's just more difficult to see the goodness in them. Um, and so I think Jesus here is pointing out the the ridiculousness that we that we paint all soldiers or anybody else categorically as sinners, whether they're prostitutes, tax collectors, or all the other people that we want to put down, that we want to feel better than. Jesus is poking holes in that argument through this figure of the soldier in Luke 7. Prayer for those in the armed forces of our country from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care and keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.